Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to you. Um, I was I have this old little hymnal. It's a pretty small one, and um, one of the hymns that I really, really enjoy uh, singing and listening to is "To God Be the Glory." And um, as you read Luke chapter two, that's what was being said by the angels: "To God be the glory." Um, I did not know if you knew that uh, Fanny Crosby uh, wrote that, and um, that hymn, uh, scholars believe it was written, the hymn was in 1872, and first published in 1875. It became popular uh, during the time when D.L. Moody was preaching. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but I thought that was quite interesting. And then after uh, a period of silence, really, with the hymn, it was picked back up in 1954, uh, and uh, the song itself was given to a man named Cliff Barrett. You recognize that name, Cliff Barrett? And um, it was first sung by Cliff Barrow in uh, London, England, when he was with Billy Graham, uh, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as I read that, I was reminded about the fact that, um, you know, the Lord just works in so many different ways through so many people's lives, and we get to be a part of that if we're in Christ. And so I just thought that might encourage you to know that God is still using his word. He's using songs that are written by people who obviously are with the Lord now, but uh, used to encourage us and challenge us in our walk with the Lord. I wanted to welcome all of you here today. If you're visiting with us today, we're thrilled that you're here uh, to be a part of our service. Uh, we want to have uh, today uh, the Lord's Supper in remembrance of uh, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross at Calvary. And I trust that today that every single one of you uh, in this room know without a doubt that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the most important gift has already been given, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the opportunity to have eternal life with him by putting your faith and trust in, in his work on the cross at Calvary. And so this morning we want to begin, my wife is going to read a story to the children, and so I'm going to ask uh, Teresa to come up, that's my wife, and um, all the children, if the children can come forward, and Miss Teresa is going to read you a story. So don't make me call your names, kids. I know who you are, all right? Y'all come up, and uh, Miss Teresa's going to read to you guys. She read me the same story in the truck the other day and held my attention very well. So even if you're an adult here, you probably will enjoy that. Why don't you come right up here, okay? Y'all can sit. Miss Teresa, I'm just going to hold the microphone so Miss Teresa can, can read this story to you guys, all right? story for you to read and maybe for you to listen to and it's called if you're missing baby jesus it's kind of a funny title but this is based on a true story so it's something that really happened to a person <laughs> in the depths of a bitterly cold december 
my mother decided it simply wouldn't do to go through the holidays without a nativity set. You know what a nativity set is? Okay. It was 1943 in a small town in North Dakota. My father worked for an oil company during my growing up years, and we'd moved around to several different parts of the state with his job. At some point between one move and another, we lost our family's little manger scene. Happily, Mother found another at our local five and dime for only $3.99. When my brother and I helped her unpack the set, however, we found two figurines of the baby Jesus. Mother frowned. Someone must have packed this wrong, she said, counting out the pieces. We have one Joseph, one Mary, three wise men, three shepherds, two lambs, a donkey, a cow, an angel, and two babies. Oh dear, I suppose some set down at the store is missing a baby Jesus. Hey, that's great, Mom, my brother said with a laugh. Now we have twins. <laughs> Mother wouldn't have a bit of it. You two run right back down to that store and tell the manager that we have an extra Jesus. Oh, Mom, go on with you now. Tell him to put a sign on the remaining boxes saying that if a set is missing a baby Jesus, call 7162. She smiled. I'll give you each a penny for some candy. And don't forget your mufflers. It's freezing cold out there. A muffler is like a scarf that you would use to warm your uh, or hands. Anyway, it keeps you warm. The manager copied down my mother's message, and sure enough, the next time we were in the store, we saw his cardboard sign. It said, if you're missing baby Jesus, call 7162. All week long, we waited for the call to come. Surely, we thought someone was missing that important figurine. What was a nativity set without the main attraction? Each time the phone rang, my mother would say, I'll bet that's about Jesus, but it never was. With increasing exasperation, my father tried to explain that the figurine could be missing from a set anywhere, Minot, Fargo, or even Walla Walla, Washington, for that matter. After all, packing errors occurred all the time. He suggested we just put the extra Jesus back in the box and forget about it. Back in the box, I wailed. What a terrible thing to do to the baby Jesus, and at Christmas time, too. They just couldn't put him back. Someone was surely calm, my mother reasoned. We'll just keep the babies together until the main, in the manger until we find the owner. That made me and my brother happy. It was special to look into that little manger and see two Christ children side by side gazing up into the adoring eyes of Mary. And was that a surprise look on Joseph's face? But the days went by and no one called. We still hadn't heard from anyone by 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. My mother insisted that Daddy just run down to the store to see if there were any sets left. You can see them right through the window over the counter, she said. If they're all gone, I'll know someone is bound to call tonight. Run down to the store, my father thundered. Ethel, it's 15 below zero out there. Oh, Daddy, I said, we'll go with you, won't we, Tommy? And my brother Tommy nodded vigorously. We'll bundle up good, and we can look at all the decorations on the way. 
My father blew out a long sigh and headed for the front closet. I can't believe I'm doing this, he muttered. Every time the phone rings, everybody yells at me to see if it's about Jesus. And now I'm off on, going off on the coldest night of the year to peek in some store window to see if he's there or not there. Daddy muttered all the way down the block in the cold, still air while my brother and I raced each other to the store. The streets were empty and silent, but behind each lighted window, we knew that families were gathering around Christmas trees and manger scenes and fireplaces and tables laden with tasty holiday treats. I was the first to reach the store window where colored lights flickered along the edge of the frosty pane. Pushing my nose up against the glass, I peered into the darkened store. They're all gone, Daddy, I yelled. Every set must be sold. Hooray, my brother cheered, catching up with me. The mystery will be solved tonight. Remember the mystery? What was it? What was the mystery? That, yeah, the two baby Jesuses. My father, who had, seen, who had seen no logical reason to run, remained some yards behind us. When he heard our tidings, he turned on his heel and started for home. Inside the house once more, we were surprised to see only one baby Jesus in the manger. Where was the twin? For that matter, where was mother? Had she vanished too? Daddy was unperturbed. Someone must have called, he reasoned, pulling off his boots. She must have gone out to deliver the figurine. You kids get busy stringing those popcorn strands for the tree, and I'll wrap your mother's present. We had almost completed one strand when the phone rang. You get it, Gene, my father called. Tell them we already found a home for Jesus. My brother gave me a quick, eager look. Our mystery would be solved at last. But the telephone call didn't solve any mystery at all. It created a much bigger one. It was my mother on the phone with instructions for us to come to 205 Chestnut Street immediately and to bring three blankets, a box of cookies, and some milk. My father was incredulous. I can't believe this, he groaned, retrieving his boots for the second time that even, evening. What in Sam Hill has she gotten us into? He paused. 205 Chestnut. Why, that's eight blocks away. Wrap that milk up good in the blankets or it'll turn to ice by the time we get there. Why in the name of heaven can't we get on with Christmas? It's probably 20 below out there now and the wind's picking up of all the crazy things to do on a night like this. But Tommy and I didn't mind at all. It was Christmas Eve and we were in the middle of an adventure. We sang carols at the tops of our lungs all the way to Chestnut Street. My father, carrying his bundle of blankets, milk, and cookies, looked for all the world like St. Nicholas with his arms full of goodies. My brother called back to him. Hey, Dad, let's pretend like we're looking for a place to stay, just like Joseph and Mary. Let's pretend we're in Bethlehem where it's probably 65 degrees in the shade right now, my father answered. <laughs> The house at 205 Chestnut turned out to be one of the darkest ones on the block. One tiny light burned in the living room, and the moment we set foot on the porch steps, my mother opened the door and shouted, They're here! They're here! Oh, thank God you got here, Ray. You kids take those blankets into the living room and wrap up the little ones on the couch. I'll take the milk and cookies. Ethel, would you mind telling me what's going on here? My father huffed. We just hiked through sub-zero weather with the wind in our faces all the way. 
Never mind that now, said mother. There's no heat in this house, and this young mother doesn't know what to do. Her husband walked out on her. Those poor little children will have a very bleak Christmas, so don't you complain. I told her you could fix that oil furnace in a jiffy. Well, that statement stopped my father right in his tracks. My mother strode off to the kitchen to warm the milk while my brother and I wrapped up the five little children who huddled together on the couch. The distraught young mother, wringing her hands, explained to my father that her husband had run off, taking bedding, clothing, and almost every piece of furniture. But she had been doing all right, she said, until the furnace broke down. And the furnace is what supplies the heat to their home. I've been doing washing and ironing for folks and cleaning the five and dime, she said. I saw your number every day there on those little boxes on the counter. Then when the furnace went out, that number kept going through my mind. 7162, 7162. It said on the box that if a person was missing Jesus, they should call you. That's how I knew you were good Christian people willing to help folks. I figured that maybe you'd help me too. So I stopped at the grocery store tonight and called your missus. I'm not missing Jesus, mister, because I surely love the Lord, but I am missing heat. Me and the kids ain't got no bedding and no warm clothes. I got a few Christmas toys for them, but I got no money to fix that furnace. It's okay, my father said gently. You called the right number. Now let's see here. You've got a little oil burner there in the dining room. Shouldn't be too hard to fix. Probably just a clogged flue. I'll look it over, see what it needs. My mother came into the living room carrying a plate of cookies and a tray of cups with warm milk. As she set the cups down on the coffee table, I noticed the figure of baby Jesus, our twin, lying in the center of the table. There was no Mary or Joseph, no wise men or shepherds, just Jesus. The children stared wide-eyed with wonder at the plate of cookies my mother set before them. One of the littlest ones woke up and crawled out from under the blanket. Seeing all the strangers in his house, his face puckered up and he began to cry. My mother swooped him in her arms and began to sing to him. This is what she sang. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. She went on singing, oblivious to the child's cries. She danced the baby around the room until finally, in spite of himself, he settled down again. You hear that, Chester? The young woman said to another child. That nice lady's singing about the Lord Jesus. He ain't ever going to walk out on us. Why, he sent these people to us just to fix our furnace and blankets. Now we got blankets, too. Oh, we'll be warm tonight. Jesus saves. That's sure what he does. My father, finishing the work on the oil burner, wiped his hands on his muffler. I've got, I've got it going, ma'am, but you'll need more oil. I'll make a few calls tonight when I get home and we'll get you some. Yes, sir, she said with a smile. You call, yes, sir, he said with a sudden smile. You called the right number. When Daddy figured the furnace was going strong once more, our family bundled up and made our way home under a clear, starry heaven. My father didn't say a word about the, whole, the cold weather. I could tell he was turning things around in his mind all the way home. 
And as soon as we set foot inside the front door, he strolled over to the telephone and dialed a number. See that old phone? Ed, this is Ray. How are you? Yes, Merry Christmas to you. Say, Ed, we kind of have an unusual situation here tonight. I know you've got that pickup truck, and I was wondering if we could round up some of the boys and find a Christmas tree, you know, and a couple of things for... The rest of the conversation was lost in a blur as my brother and I ran to our rooms and began pulling clothes out of our closets and toys off our shelves. My mother checked through our belongings for sizes and selected some of the games she said might do. Then she added some of her own sweaters and slacks to our stack. It was a Christmas Eve like no other. Instead of going to bed in a snug, warm house, dreaming of a pile of presents to open on Christmas morning, we were up way past our bedtime wrapping gifts for a little family we'd only just met. The men my father had found had called found oil for the furnace, bedding, two chairs, and three lamps. They made two trips to 205 Chestnut before the night was done. On the second trip, he let us go too. Even though it must have been 30 below by then, my father let us ride in the back of the truck with our gifts stacked all around us. My brother's eyes danced in the starlight. Without saying anything, we both knew Christmas would never be the same after this. The extra Jesus in our home hadn't been ours to keep after all. He was for someone else, for a desperate family in a dark little house on Chestnut Street. Someone who needed Jesus as much as we did, and we got to take him there. Yeah. All right, hey, well, before we uh, sit down, why don't we pray and thank the Lord for uh, today, all right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming to the earth and living for us and dying for us, and as your word tells us, you were buried and you rose again. We thank you for the privilege to be able to celebrate you today. And uh, we love these children and pray, Lord, that in their life they would commit themselves to you. And um, all this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys can go sit down.
wonderful day it is to come out together and with the faithful, <laughs> because baby, it's cold outside, and uh, we know what it means to be 15 degrees below zero, yes, the way the windshield's been lately, but it's good to be out and to be uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ and celebrating the birth of our Lord. And then we're going to do that. Nothing like just getting together around the piano and the keyboard and let's just all stand and let's just sing through some Christmas carols and have a wonderful time doing it, singing about our Lord. Let's all stand, may we?
Just with our voices, let's sing this verse. You know the parts. seen and have asked, asked David Howard to come and sing a, a favorite song of all of us these days. Mary, did you know? Thank you. 
Sure is amazing talent the Lord has given you, uh, David. I would be laid out on the floor if I tried to get that note. <laughs> I thought that it would be appropriate this morning to read from Luke chapter 2. And to do so before we partake of the Lord's Supper, which might be a little bit odd. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you to turn to Luke 2. Before taking the Lord's Supper. But I think it's a, a tremendous place to kind of land and think through the events of that evening. When you think about the fact that the message of the Christ child was being delivered to the lowest of the lowest class. The shepherds. You just wouldn't figure that. That just doesn't fit the narrative of what most would necessarily write. But as we come to Luke chapter 2, we find these lowly shepherds, the lowest on the rung, if you will, being given the good news. Um, 
you know what that tells me? That the gospel is for every single person. Every single person in this room, every single person that's ever walked on this earth, um, the gospel is for that person. It doesn't make sense to us, I think, at times when we look and we try to analyze and say, well, this person's really kind of rough. Look at their history. Look at all the things they've done. How in the world could the Lord die for them? And yet he died for me. And he died for you. I think we get ourselves in trouble when we start comparing this way. Um, There is only one that my Bible tells me that is holy, holy, holy. And that is the Lord God, the Almighty. The Bible tells us from John chapter 1, came to earth and dwelt among men, took on flesh. It doesn't make sense to us if we just would read this to the average person. They would wonder at why the God of all creation would take on flesh and dwell among men and die for those that would even scoff at him. And maybe you're one of those that has the testimony that you scoffed at Christ before you came to know Christ. Well, no matter, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2 the story of the birth of our Savior. And as we come to the Lord's table today, If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you should celebrate. That's what the scriptures tell us. That we should celebrate this time in remembering what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross at Calvary in dying for our sins. Um, So many want to leave the Christ child in a manger. But that's not the full story. That's just the beginning. He lived perfect life. And he went to the cross. And he spread out his arms in love. Think about this. He spread out his arms in love. And he bled. And he died for you. And he bled. And he died for me. In order that. Through faith alone. And what he did for me on the cross and dying for my sins, I could have everlasting life. People say, oh, that's just so easy. Must not be. Because much of the world rejects the gospel of Christ. It is difficult to say you need someone, isn't it? We don't live in a culture that says, I need this person or I need, I can do it myself. I don't need anyone. Well, all of us needed Christ to come and to live and to die and to rise again the third day according to the scriptures. And so as we come today to celebrate and remember what Christ did for us on the cross at Calvary, that is a celebration for Christians. So everyone in here who belongs to Christ, it's for you to celebrate. This is kind of a unique thing because it's not for everyone. It's just for those who believe. Those who have trusted in Christ Jesus for their salvation. 
And so, remember when he's in the upper room with his disciples, the eleven, Judas had already gone. And what did he do? He celebrated with them. And he broke bread and they drank together. And I wonder, I don't know the answer, but I wonder what they must have been thinking that night. And then the days to follow as the Lord indeed would go to the cross and die for our sins and then be buried and rise again. I wonder what went through the minds of those apostles. Well, I hope that one of the things that crossed their minds crosses ours, that we are grateful people for what Christ did for us on the cross at Calvary. And so as we come today, I'm going to give you just a little bit of time before we um, partake. But I want you to ask the Lord to examine you. And you know what the Bible says? As we live life, as we sin, we confess sin. What does the Bible tell us? That he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. None of us in this room are perfect. And that begins with that. I sin and I sin all the time. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Uh, And I'm so, so thankful for that. But as I come to a time like this to remember, I can confess, Lord, these are the things that I've done and I'm thankful for your forgiveness. It's wonderful to be forgiven. But also, it's a time that we not only confess, but it's a time to remember and celebrate what was accomplished. So, I'm going to give you some time to to pray about that before we partake, but I want to um, read this section of Scripture. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to stand as I read um, verses 1 through 20 of Luke chapter 2. Now in in those days, excuse me, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Now look at this. Which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, this is what they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The Bible says the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Let's pray together. Our Father, this morning as we are in this place, Lord, your church is gathered. I don't know every single person that belongs to you this morning that's here. I, I know many do. I know that's their testimony. But there may be some in this room who have never heard of the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, today may be the first time they even heard that there was a Savior that was born who is Christ the Lord. Maybe today there would be one here that would come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Would come to understand that Jesus Christ paid it all. Died for their sins according to the scriptures, as Paul wrote. He was buried as the scriptures tell us, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And the Bible tells us he's ascended to the right hand of the Father, and one day he's coming for those that belong to him, his church. As we have just a few moments to remember and to celebrate what the Lord Jesus did for us on the cross at Calvary and dying for our sins, and paying the penalty that we deserve, I pray that you would help us to examine ourselves. First of all, to make sure that we're in the faith. And if we are in the faith, that we would examine our lives, that your spirit would show us the sin in our lives, that we might confess those things and be brought into right fellowship with you. And so, Father, we just pray that the Lord Jesus would be honored in our time together as we celebrate the death and the accomplishment of the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in shedding his blood for us, his body that was broken for us. I pray that it would be truly a celebratory time, that it would be something that we would remember past today that as we celebrate with our families and friends today Christmas, that we would recognize that the most important gift has already been given to us in the person of Jesus. And may we honor you as we partake of these elements today. 
In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to ask the uh, elders and deacons who were asked to come and serve um, this morning, if you guys would come down front. make very, very clear that this is a time of celebration for the believer. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're here today and you're a visitor and you're thinking, can I partake? Absolutely. We want you to do that, right? We want you to celebrate with us um, as we remember the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't have to be a member of grace to partake, but you need to be a member of the body of Christ. And as the scriptures tell us, we all need to be in right fellowship with the Lord. And so I'll give you a minute or two to have that examination time with the Lord in just a moment uh, before we partake of the elements together. Can I just say, um, it's Christmas Day and it's really great to be with my family. And what I mean by that is you guys, to be able to celebrate the Lord Jesus. So I want to ask that you would just uh, bow and for a couple of moments. And then we will pray for the bread as we partake together. Lord, when I think about the number of sins that I've committed in my life, it's overwhelming. And I'm just one person. The Bible tells us that, Lord, you came and you died for the sins of all men. You became the satisfaction, the requirement. And there will be people in this life, Lord, that never acknowledge that they're a sinner that will never acknowledge the work that you did on the cross at Calvary for us. Lord, I want to pray for those people today that just celebrate Christmas. They, they're not celebrating you. They're just celebrating a day. And all that day is, is presents and gifts and family and friends. And hey, I love presents, gifts, families and friends. But we celebrate today because of the birth of our Savior. And so um, I just want to pray that you would help us to be mindful that there are so, so many people that reject this message and that need the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Help us to be mindful of that as we have opportunities to share the love of the gospel with others. As we partake today of the bread, I pray, Lord, that we remember your body that was broken for us, all of the blood that was shed, 
wow, Lord, you, you, your love is just so amazing. Thank you so much for dying for us. And as we take the bread, we remember your body in the name of Christ. Amen. So as we take of this bread uh, this morning, we do so remembering the body of our Lord Jesus. Steve Bartlett, would you pray for the cup this morning? Lord, when you 
when you established the law of Moses, you taught your people that sin could be conquered by blood. And while not everyone understands that, you made it clear that the death of Jesus and the shedding of his blood would be sufficient for you, Lord, to ignore our sins. And while they are many, his blood is sufficient for all of them. And in this season, we pray that we would remember as Christ commanded us and be thankful in Christ's name. Amen.
I love listening to children. It just reminds me of life. I'm the author of life, the Lord. And the best thing we can pray for those children that are making all that noise is they come to Christ. So as we take this juice today, we remember the blood of our Lord Jesus that was shed for us. You know, guys, um, there are a lot of places. Thank you, Mr. C. There are a lot of places. You guys can be seen. Um, that we could be this morning. Um, I think this is the greatest place we can be. And celebrating with family and friends. The Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I'm so, so thankful that we have the freedom to be able to do this. And many of you are visiting with us today, and we're glad that you've been here to be a part of our service uh, today. Um, I just wanted to share just briefly that um, this Christmas season, uh, for me, as I've been reflecting, has been one of tremendous gratefulness. Um, just thinking back to the initial time when Jesus Christ was introduced to me as a young boy. And I was thinking through what we were going to do this morning and thinking about how many families that woke up this morning just in our city woke up not even thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ at all. I thought how sad that is. And how blessed I am to know the Lord Jesus. So I trust that today that you're able to celebrate the Lord Jesus. I, I'm thankful that you have been able to be here today to be a part of that. And just want to say thank you for making the effort to be here. I believe, uh, Sarah, can you come up here for just a moment, please? I'm not going to have you sing, but you're going to sing with me. That'd be all right? You think I'm kidding. This is Sarah Nichols, and she's leaving in a couple of weeks, correct? A week. A week mm -hmm. to go to Hungary, Romania, Hungary, to, work Romania to work with some refugees. Uh, we've known Sarah a long time, and uh, we love her, support her, want to pray for her. And so I'm going to pray for her as the Lord will send her out. But after I pray, you know, the Bible tells us that after the Lord met with his disciples in the upper room, they sang a hymn. And so we're, we're not going to sing it by ourselves. I mean, <clears throat> that would be a catastrophe. Um, it might, maybe not on your part, but we're going to sing the first and last verses of Amazing Grace. That'd be all right? So why don't you guys uh, stand and let's pray, and then we'll sing. And after we finish the song, you'll be dismissed. And I trust you have a Merry Christmas, all right? Father, this morning we want to thank you so much for young people like Sarah who have given their lives and committed themselves to serving you literally around the world. And uh, we, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the energy you give these young people. And I just pray that as uh, Sarah has opportunity next week to, to begin her trip to go to Romania, that, Father, you would just protect her. I pray you'd protect the team that's going with her. 
and that as they have opportunity to share your gospel, that people will be receptive and hear and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for our time together this morning to be able to celebrate our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go.